1: some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, the next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Uh, Glad to have you along for the ride, but not necessarily glad with the way things have been going for the Giants of late. Look, it's a good time to dive in and talk about this because they've lost four in a row. The Padres series, you know, it's one thing when you're looking at Friday night's game and you got, uh, you know, you got a four-four tie late, and then you, you know, you get the late Wilmer hit. Like the Giants really battled there, and obviously Saturday was a one-run game as well. Um, but in the end, you know, you you got hammered. You you got hammered by a team that is filled with stars that were peppering the alleys the, the entire weekend and and the giants don't have that so so here we are again joe they're 22 and 18 but we're we're having the same conversation which is are the giants in a position of lack because they do not have the high priced offensive player
0: yeah you know i i I think there's going to be always that that overcorrection from the fan base. Like when you lose and you get swept by a team that has gone out and been very aggressive in free agency. I think natural inclination after seeing a four-hit day from Machado is, oh my God, we don't have one of them. We don't have a $300 million guy. And I'm guilty of this. I just found myself thinking, like, this is about as low as I feel like the Giants will be this week and or this year, you know, this particular week that we're in right now. You look at the schedule. Yeah, you got the Mets. After that, it eases up a little. Yes, you get the Dodgers in June, but you've got some more winnable games. I feel like right now they've reached a spot where they're missing guys in the lineup, Brandon Belt. Their pitching isn't very good. And when you don't hit over a two-day stretch, it feels boring. And so yesterday I'm sitting on the couch and I'm saying – It felt very boring, but that felt more like a
1: byproduct of not putting the ball in play. It's interesting. The conversation is always twofold. A, would the Giants win more if they had the high-priced offensive players? It's kind of hard to say yes, quite frankly, over the last two years because they've won a truckload of games. And so it's like, you mean if Juan Soto was on this team, they would have won 117 last year instead of 107. So I'll never buy that aspect. But the second piece of the argument or conversation is what you just brought up. And this is where I always try to listen to fans because in the end, this is A, a a team that's trying to win games, but B, it is an entertainment outlet. And therefore, I think the Giants do need to listen at least with an open mind when people say that the team is boring here's where I will I don't want to say clap back but I'll further the question Mm because you say that the Giants are boring at least when they don't hit what if I said all baseball is boring when they don't hit and what if I said were they boring last year because they didn't have any big time offensive players last year either
0: No, they didn't last year, but they played a compelling brand of baseball top to bottom in that lineup. And it felt like I was getting a lot of outlier seasons, career years, if you will, for a lot of guys. I think a lot of this stems with missing out in free agency. And I also think Brandon Belt's absence is a big part of this. He's the best hitter on the Giants, uh, like in terms of power bats that they have. When he was healthy earlier this year, he was having an MVP like impact. Granted, it was a small sample size. And the fact that he got hurt again, it's like, ah, oh, here we go. And it felt like right when I started to wrap my arm around Brandon Belt as being like, hey, you know what? This guy's turned the corner. This is now who he is moving forward. An impact, middle-of-the-order guy. He goes down, and all those feelings of you don't have enough around him start to really come to the surface. So I think it's a combination of things right now. But it's not just the hitting. Mark, they're not pitching either.
1: Yeah. And that's the big concern, which we'll get to in, in a little bit for sure, because I think there's some things to to work through on that front. Um, but whenever we have this conversation and, and maybe this is going to sound weird for a moment, but I'll explain it. Yeah. You want to know whose whose name pops into my mind?
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Pablo Sandoval. And I'll tell you why. Pablo Sandoval is the last player on this team that had a presence in the stands whenever he came to the plate. That's a good call. God love Buster Posey. Um, and 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 I'm sure a lot of people have Buster Posey jerseys. But you all know what I mean when I say that that never felt like that. It never felt like uh, a Tatis or a Machado mm. coming to the plate. He was steady Eddie and he was everything to this organization. But Pablo had people wearing fur caps and, and pandas and all this stuff all over their head. It had the kids, kids were running around with their Pablo hats and uh, their panda hats. And, and so there was a reaction in the stands and it's a fair point to me to say uh, a baseball team, especially in the day and age where we talk so much about attracting young fans yeah, needs that they need a player that makes people want to put on a hat or put on a Jersey or wait for them to come up. I've got family in Southern California who are angels fans. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. They, they're, they're angels fans and the angels stink traditionally over the last few years, but obviously they've got, they've got this show, uh pun intended goes <laughs> up and makes you feel different. And yeah. almost, I would, a perfect baseball team would be to combine the smarts of the giants and the star power of the angels And you'd get actually a team that could compete with the Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: Well, I I think you're kind of hitting on the head for me because on a day where I'm watching the number three overall pick from San Diego shine, the left hander, I'm watching our number two overall pick continue to struggle, even though he hit a ball really hard on the nose. It's like, that's what I'm gripped for. Hey, look, at least he made contact and hit a liner out to center field. It's just those things juxtapose. And then I go to the MLB network and I'm flipping around and boom, Shohei Ohtani, Mike Trout. I look over St. Louis, I care more about their corner infield than I do my own entire roster right now. I look at the LA Dodgers and top to bottom, even though guys aren't necessarily clicking left and right. They've got players I care about, the Yankees on fire, Toronto on fire. I know people think baseball's boring, but I look at other teams around the bigs and, and I covet their lineups and I don't know, maybe it's just the appeal of me not knowing them on a day-to-day basis. I, I don't know what it is. I look at my team and I just feel very vanilla right
1: now. Well, here's why it matters this year and it didn't matter last year, because if you are a baseball fan, again, I'm with you. You need someone who has the presence in the stands, but yeah. so you're going to go out there and win 107 games and be in first place. Then you don't really have much to complain about, but last year, this team was amazing, not only against bad teams, but against good teams. Yeah, this year's team is not the records are clear. They are seven and thirteen against teams uh, that have a, a record above five hundred. Mm-hmm. They are fifteen and five against teams that have a record under five hundred. So, getting fat on the bad teams is the definition of being yeah. a good team. However, fair point this year to say even if this team gets to the playoffs, do they have the horses to compete when they get out there in a playoff series with the Padres, Dodgers, Brewers, or Mets? So far this year, the answer's no.
0: Yeah, and I also think this team strikes out a lot. And so, like baseball in general, they strike out a lot. When the ball's not in play, it does feel boring, doesn't it? Like, I'm looking right now. Jock Peterson, who I thought would fill some of that Pablo void, four for his last 42. That's a 0.95 batting average, 11 Ks. Crawford, 11 for his last 56, a 195 average. 19 K's in the last 15 days. So like, you know, as much as I want to see bombs and I want to see guys hit doubles, just put the ball in play. I'm sick of watching strikeouts.
1: Well, you know, it crystallizes with that Friday night game. Jock comes up to pinch it and you're going, okay, they're down, you know, but maybe Jock will put one in the bay. Yeah. And you're going to have one of those moments. And instead he draws a walk, which was great because it led to Wilmer Flores Fisting one out to left field. <laughs> a Texas the game. But again, I know what you're saying, which is man, the kids want to go home with did you see them hit the ball in the bay? Mm-hmm. Not did you work a walk so somebody could pop a jam shot out to left field and tie the game and send it into extra innings.
0: Look, I love Yastremski or Luis Gonzalez at bat as much as the next guy. The kids ain't leaning forward for Yas, uh and his normal at bats. Though I'll give you this nine for his last 21, five RBIs. 429 if you're looking for a lone bright spot mike yastrzemski from 2019 to 2020 feels like he's coming back in 2022 that's the one thing i'll cling to positive in this first segment
1: no doubt and of course he had the last really sort of like hit that felt like it had some thump to it when he broke the 6-6 tie in colorado last week with a long home run that led to a victory